we uh, we unfortunately are traveling during the show tomorrow, so Josh and Connor have got you covered from nine to noon. My my hope is that we'll be in Dallas for maybe the last hour of the show, so I can check in. That's my hope. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't even worry about it. I don't even know. I, let me see here. I, I guess maybe double checking would be a good good thing to do. But it's at least by all of the research I did before the show, it's the first ever trip that Oklahoma's making to Ohio, period. Regional, super regional, non-conference. They've never played a regular season game in Ohio. It's the second time that they'll play Miami of Ohio, and apparently, Patty Gasso's charge in the locker room, I've heard, is remember 92. Because the only other meeting that Miami of Ohio had with Oklahoma, they beat them in 1992. In fact, Miami of Ohio is one of three schools that have a winning record against the Sooners out of the MAC. But, in all reality, it should be a fun weekend. Maybe o- that's why this was scheduled. <laughs> Go ahead and erase that. Oakland, Miami of Ohio, who am I leaving out? Uh, Louisville is there, so it'll be a fun weekend. And we're off tomorrow, so no Friday game, but Saturday early, Sunday early. Um, I would give start times, but all you guys care about is the YouTube link. So, uh, so I'll come, yeah, how can I watch? Hey, can I watch that thing this weekend? <laughs> how can I mute the radio and watch on YouTube? I, I hope every single one of you realize how enraging it is when you ask the radio guys how you can watch it or let us know that something is wrong with the TV broadcast. Hey, can you let them know their feed's gone? No, I can't. No, Welcome and I will, in. I will keep it hush-hush so as to hopefully increase listenership. It looks like it's on the tube of views this weekend. There, were, right. some, there were some sweet comments to you, though, that on was the text nice. line. That was nice. I there were some it. folks that said, hey, we just like the pretty pictures, but still your broadcast will, will be on. I do. Um, what is this? What does this mean, real quick? Before we hit the, um, before we hit the top five stories of the day, I didn't, I I didn't know what to take of it. We asked a simple question: Hey, if you would like to, you know, see a position addressed, you know, we we dove into what we thought might be an interesting thing with the portal opening on the fifteenth. The nine one eight writes: If you want to start a rumor about someone or something, jump on the text line during the plank show. I, we just were asking for conversations. I'm not sitting here and what? Did, what rumor did we start? I have no idea. The this the guy's, Texas transfer thing. I guess so. This guy does not seem to be happy with uh, Tyler and Parker. Why? Why is that? I don't know. I guess he. But now they're upset with us. Not, now he's mad at me. So I don't know what I did. Hey, dude! Rumor mongering. <laughs> Welcome to that's, 2023. Hey, that's what we do, baby. I've often said we don't necessarily, we don't have that burden of proof that needs to be out there like true journalists do i mean radio was the was the first twitter where phone calls hey man why don't we trade for cal daniels maybe we can get tom pagnazzi uh over there i mean that's that's where this i've been hearing don't take it too serious you know uh there is a faction out there that's that's very upset this is clickbait radio right yeah clickbait everything's clickbait i want you to click on my twitter feed that's the whole goal of all of this. Even when it's not clickbait, it's clickbait to some out there. There's a very and, – and I get it. The media is frustrating. Oh, tell me about it. Have you heard how they're covering this Trump thing? I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, it's time for no. the top five stories of the day. And as always, Hour 3 of the Plank Show is brought to you by Moppin' Roofing. Moppin' Roofing, 
They've got you covered. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, 405-703-3843. 405-703-3843. Let's go with the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and back NewcastleCasino.com. All right, um, big story number five. Number five. I have, a, I have a somewhat trivia question for you before we talk about the unstoppable force the immovable object. Before we talk about the most dominating thing currently going in sports, oh, no, 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 it's not my beloved Oklahoma Sooners and their softball squad. Josh Helmer, the hottest team in the whole world right now, the Tampa Bay Rays. Their change of mindset has been on two and one, sliced in the air to right. Heading back to his left is Verdugo. All the way back to the wall, and it's off the top of the wall, and gone! A three-run homer for a Rosarena. Um, you're that right. We're starting the top five stories of the day with the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays. 0-1, Fairbanks throws. Swinging a rolling ground ball to second. Picked up by Lau. He throws to first, and the Rays have won 12 in a row. It matches the franchise record for a winning streak. Tying the one they had in June of 2004, this year's comes at the beginning of the season, and the Rays are 12-0 to begin the 2023 campaign. Now, to be fair, they started this season with a bunch of losers. I mean, the tight hold on, I don't want to say that's unfair. With a bunch of teams that aren't very good, the Tigers, the Nationals, the A's, and now they're playing the Red Sox, who are putrid. So... I don't want to get too carried away, but man, just twelve and O's, twelve and O's, good. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's tough to win games in the major major leagues, man. So that's so they're it. one off the record. The best record to start a season is thirteen and O, and it happened in nineteen eighty seven with the Brewers and the nineteen eighty two Atlanta Braves. Yeah, you, you knew they had to be close, and and there they are. They're one away. Two All away right. from uh, – one from tying, two from breaking. 82 Braves went to the uh, National League Championship Series. Got beat by the Cardinals. All what right, happened see. to the Brewers? What year was that? 87. Let's look. I want to say they were not very good. Um, the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers, they finished the year – oh, I I stand correct. I mean, they started 13-0. Can't finish that bad, can they you? They finished 91-71, but – they finished third in the American League East. Oh my goodness! Gosh, that was uh, that team. Paul Molitor was on that team. Robin Yount, Robin Yount, excuse me. Dan Plesac was a rookie on that team. Okay, let me see if I can do this without looking. Nineteen eighty-two Atlanta Braves. Okay. Bob Horner was at first. I for some reason want to say Glenn Hubbard at second. <laughs> Dale Murphy was somewhere in the outfield with Brett Butler. All right, that's that's about as much as I got. I think, I think 1982. Let's that was see. 41 years ago. Was it really? My wife gets mad at me when I can't remember what we're supposed to do this weekend, but I'm trying to roll through the Atlanta Braves roster from 1982 when I wasn't even a Braves fan. All well, right, I mean, you know, 
one thing's pretty important and the other probably not that much. Oh, I screwed up. I screwed up. Okay, I forgot. Chris Chambliss was the first baseman on the 82 Braves with Bob Horner, who played third. Um, they had Rafael Ramirez, <laughs> who played short. They did have Glenn Hubbard. Their outfielders, oh, it's pretty good. Dale Murphy, Brett Butler, and I'd left out uh, Claude L. Washington. Rick Maller or Mailer was one of their pitchers. I remember I used to love dudes with beards. Pasquale Perez was a crazy guy. So, in other words, Tampa Bay chasing history against Boston, 12-0 on the season. They're so going to lose this next game. So, I have a trivia question for you, Josh Helmer, because I was just – I had this delivered to the – to the inbox, and I thought it was a fascinating question. Infograph, a Twitter infographic search has discovered the Major League Baseball team fan base that has complained the most about the new rules. The graphic is based on geotagged Twitter data from opening day until now, tracking negative sentiment tweets, hashtags, and direct keyboard phrases. So with that in mind, which team would you guess has complained the most about the rule changes in Major League Baseball? Almost 200,000 tweets were tracked for this. I have no idea, but I'll say the Boston Red Sox. Okay, very good guess. The Chicago Cubs are actually number one with um, the most complaints by far, followed by... The Cleveland Guardians, the Minnesota Twins, the Washington Nationals, and the Texas Rangers. What? I mean, you know what this is? Make sure TJ's not listening. This is Ranger fans back paying attention to baseball now. That's what this is. It's not like, oh, baseball's here. Time to, oh, we're going to suck. Wait, we're pretty good? The fan base that has complained the least is the Chicago White Sox. And surprisingly, Josh, the Red Sox very low on this list. Okay, interesting. Who knew? All right, big story number four. What a what a great distinction. Ah, you know, I just wanted to know. Number four. I knew about people that complained the most. I was just going big city and haven't gone I like well the way yet. you're thinking. Okay, it it seems like we have an update on the Lamar Jackson situation. It looks as if you can remove yet another team, a team that I firmly thought would be in this from the conversation. There is outside a lot of noise, or has been a lot of noise, about you know, what other options you might uh, look into, Lamar Jackson or others. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say you're more focused on the draft than any other possibilities right Yeah, now? we're focused on the draft, and I'm going to focus on the guys that are in the building right now. That's, that's, that's where we're at. So, that's Shane Steigen, the new head coach of the Colts. A lot of people, Josh, have taken that to mean that they're not in on the Lamar Jackson situation anymore. I feel like... That's a little bit of a reach from that. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care what he just said. Play that again. All right, all right, here you go. There is outside a lot of noise, or has been a lot of noise, about you know, what other options you might uh, look into, Lamar Jackson or others. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say you're more focused on the draft than any other possibilities right yeah, now? Yeah, we're focused on the draft, and I'm going to focus on the guys that are in the building right now. That's, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, we're focused on maybe and maybe not and could be or maybe, maybe we won't be. Oh. Uh. I don't take that as any sort of ultimatum. Me neither. But yet, guess what's all over our TV this morning? Colts out on Lamar Jackson. From that? Boy, I'm I'm starting to worry about some of the NFL insiders. Are we going to be okay? 
Are you guys going to make it to April 27th? Focused on the draft and what's already in the building. Uh, meanwhile, we know that apparently DeAndre Hopkins is on the block. Here's what Jonathan Gannon had to say. I've been in, in communication with D-Hop, and um, I want to do what's best for him and us at the same time. So when he's ready to come, he'll come and, and uh, improve his game too. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins, break. I think he's gone. I think someone's going to offer up a pretty little penny to go get him. That's just me. Um, meanwhile, I got one other NFL story that involves a Sooner. What are you laughing at? 580 Nate's text. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> uh, Perion Winfrey got arrested last night. Yep, saw that. That's that's too bad. According to the report for the former Sooner current Cleveland Brown, the charge came after Winfrey allegedly caused bodily injury to a woman he was dating by grabbing her with his hand. He is facing a misdemeanor assault charge in Harris County, assault with a family member. According to the court document, Winfrey, on or about April 10th, did then there and unlawfully, intentionally, and knowingly cause bodily harm to this woman with whom he had a dating relationship by grabbing Mac with his hand. Uh, they didn't blot her name out, Brianna Mac. The Browns are aware of the situation and gathering more information. Not good. I've worried about Perion, not in a football sense, but I worry. I mean, on Instagram, he's buying new cars. It's, and I'm not here to tell anyone how to spend their money, but that NFL money doesn't last forever. And I've been worried about that for a bit. But this now ratchets up the worry to a completely other level. It's like, oof. How many new cars? Bro, I think he's got like three. I feel like there's a different one like every other day. Yeah. Probably a good time to stick with those uh, that you have in the arsenal. He's already been suspended by the Browns over a disciplinary issue. was also inactive for three consecutive games where he was a healthy scratch. This could very well be the end of his time in Cleveland. Winfrey said he suffered a concussion after running into a pole while driving a scooter. But Mary Kay Cabot at Cleveland.com reported that the concussion was actually a result of Winfrey losing control of his car while trying to drive in the snow and came up with a scooter story because he was embarrassed. Perron Winfrey. We're rooting for you, bud. All right. um, Yikes. You're free to turn things around. Because that's just unfortunate. You hope that he can find some peace. And I, I, I have no sympathy for anyone who grabs their spouse. It's just our girlfriend or whomever. That's terrible. All right, big story number three. Number three. And I say because I say I'm rooting for him, but I, I want I'm rooting for him to get his life right. No doubt. Football is the farthest thing that he should be worried about. OU women's gymnastic begins their chase for a national championship. Truly tonight. As they compete and start uh, the NCAA championships inside Dickey's Arena, the number one overall seed will compete with UCLA, Utah, and Kentucky at 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN2. The Sooners have faced each of those three teams this season. Um, They're competing on the opposite side of the bracket for a shot to advance to four on the floor. 
Florida, LSU, California, and Denver are in the other semifinal that gets underway at 2 o'clock this afternoon. And, of course, the individual, the all-around any individual event championship will be determined during today's semifinals. Uh, we'll keep tabs on it during Teddy and Tyler this afternoon at uh, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. But the rotation order for the national semifinal, determined by blind draw prior to the selections, the Sooners will compete in the following order, bars, beam, floor, and vault. It's the same rotation OU had in the Norman Regional Final where it battled back from having a counterfall. 8 o'clock tonight, ESPN2, OU Women's Gymnastics. All right, big story number two. Number two. In the non-Thunder game last night, it was all about Zach Levine. Levine straight ahead beyond the three-point arc. Picked up by Barnes. Levine hard, left-hand dribble drive. The fade, the fire. Top side jumper. Yes, from 19 feet. Zach Levine with 35. And in the end, the Bulls got that win. Double pump leaves. No. Put back by Siakam. No. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls virgin Toronto and capture Canada. And we're heading to Miami. 109-105. A tremendous second half by the Bulls. And eliminating the Toronto Raptors on their home floor and from a stump sellout crowd of 19,800. Oh, baby, what a ball game. I think I actually am going to sue that person. I have that trademarked. Uh, I'm kidding. The, the cap- narrator, he's not kidding. The Capture Canada? You beat the Raptors, man. It's not like suddenly we're walking up there and going, it's America's territory now, specifically belongs to the Bulls. You want a play-in game, guys. Calm down. The Louisiana Purchase, OKC owns it. Meanwhile, I'm about ready to just lose my mind about how good Oklahoma City's win was (laughs) last night. Uh, Afterwards, Yeah, but hold on. That that was a win over the number two seed. That's right. That's right. Because next year, year. as I've told you, that playing game between the uh, Thunder and the Pelicans – one and two seeds in the West next year. Mark it down. Uh, here was former Thunder great Billy Donovan on Zach Levine. He is a great human being. He's a great person. He's a great guy. He's a team guy. He's incredibly unselfish. You know, his heart is always in the right place in terms of wanting to do what's best for the team. And I think he, as to, his, to the best of his ability, tries to read the game and make decisions that are best for the team. You know, and I always admire that you know, about players. So the Bulls will get the Heat tomorrow night in the NBA play-in game for the eighth seed in the East, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oklahoma City Thunder moving on in the playoffs, thanks in part to this from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Navigates left, across his body, lost it, Shea takes it away. Shea up the middle, one-on-one on Murphy. Barreling down the lane to the rim, lays it up across his body and lays it home. It's tied at 112 apiece. Big time strip by SGA. Subsequent bucket ties it at 112. And... Jones gets it into Ingram and dribbles it out. Oklahoma City on target tonight, baby, in the Big Easy. And a victory that was anything but easy. It's the Thunder ending the Pelican season, 123-118. Now on to the target center for the Thunder for a chance to, with a win against the Timberwolves Friday, get to the NBA playoffs. What a resilient, extraordinary performance by this young Thunder squad. By the way, I forgot to play this. You want to hear the air get sucked out of an arena? 
Listen to this from the Pelicans Radio Network. It's going to take a half-court shot, maybe. Herb going to inbound it. Throws the inbound away. Right to Willie Green. A fitting end. Is that not a fitting end? The Pelicans haven't inbounded a ball all year long. And on the last offensive possession of your season, you can't inbound it in the backcourt. Against zero pressure, too. I I don't know if I've ever heard of more defeated play-by-play guy in my life. That was the second turnover in the fourth quarter for, for the Pals, that one. That was it? That's it. I mean, again, I get the situation and everything. I just don't know how they made that mistake, though. Well, two, two things happened near the end that kind of made me made me shake my head a bit. The turnover by Ingram, to where it's like, uh, first of all, we did Thunder did get away with a foul on Dort. Probably should have been an and one on the three point play. So maybe got a little break there. So, but I just, I don't know, Josh. I. Still have no idea. And when he's saying half-court shot, I mean, there was no one near C.J. McCollum. Like, if he gets that ball, he's got maybe maybe two or three dribbles, so it might be a little more than a little less than a half-court shot. And in the NBA, I mean, range is kind of limitless. I mean, heck, go back, what was it, a couple years ago when the Pelicans beat OKC on a freaking full-court shot? Listen, Mike, poor dude. I, feel, I almost feel bad for him. It's going to take a half-court shot, maybe. Herb going to inbound it. Let's the crowd. Throws the inbound away. Right to Willie Green. A fitting end. He gets so progressively angry. It, it, it grows. Is that not a fitting end? <laughs> this building. The Pelicans haven't inbounded a ball all year long. <laughs> and on the last offensive possession of your season... You can't inbound it in the backcourt. He said they haven't inbounded the ball all year long? All year long. Basically, they've yeah, not been good at this. Yeah. They've had a lot of turnovers on inbounds. So, Oklahoma City moves on to, as you heard, from the play-by-play for the Thunder. Why did I just blank on the play-by-play guy for the Thunder? Anyway, um, OKC moves on to Minnesota, where they take on the Timberwolves tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. That game will be on E. ESPN. TNT for the Bulls Heat. ESPN for Thunder T-Wolves. We'll hear from Mark Dagnall when we come back. There's your top five stories of the day. As always, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. A few stories, a few leftovers that didn't make it. We'll get into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. So I've reached, I'm starting to get excited about my summer vacation this year and my trip. So I've picked out a few documentaries that I'm excited to watch. The, uh, I guess we're going to have another fire festival. Did you know this? Billy McFarlane's out of jail, so he's trying another fire festival. Oh, let's go. Let's get the whole gang back together. And then I don't know what this is, but Hulu is putting a documentary together called There is a Freaknik. Say that very slow documentary coming to Hulu. Um, The Wildest Party Never Told. It's the name of the annual spring break festival that takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, every year. Um, and I'm just I'm thinking to myself, all right, that's that's in the late '80s, early '90s. There's going to be a lot of moms and grandmas 
that are probably not really excited about this coming out <laughs> to where it's like, Grandma, is that you? Oh, honey, turn the channel. This is not something you need to be seeing. And then, have you watched the Nolan Ryan documentary on Netflix yet? No, but I, I bet it's pretty good. I hear it's really good. That That's another one on the list. I need to get caught up on my sports documentaries. I haven't watched the Tim Donahue one. kind of feel like I know that story. And I feel like every single person uses that one story to talk about officials. <laughs> it's rigged. all rigged. Yeah, I know it happened once. How many? It's like people that get mad at me about being a paranoid flyer. Yeah, I mean, come on, though. What about the Black Sox? <laughs> I mean, listen, dude, it has happened in this sport before. <laughs> Go back 40 years for Tim Donahue and 100 years for the Black Sox. <laughs> I mean, and, they fixed the World Series. And y'all want to get mad at me for getting paranoid about flying in a plane whenever it seems like you have issues about once every other month. Anyway, I, I am up. I'm not going to ever do it on Twitter or on this show. But I am really – I haven't – you know what I still have to finish, Josh? New season of Unsolved Mysteries. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. I have to oh, – I've got to finish watching the Malaysian Airlines Netflix documentary. going to go back and rewatch Waco. I've got some work to do. There's just not enough time. But you know what's number one right now? Softball. So, let's get to the phones. River One Casino jackpot line. What's going on, Brian? How are you? Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm great, Brian. How are you today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I take it you're flying to Dallas and then, I guess, to Cincinnati and busting to Oxford. Is that about it? Let me look here. Now that you ask, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. I know that we are spending a little bit of time in Dallas, both on our way home and on our way there. That's too bad. Ah, well, tell me okay. about it. Yeah. <laughs> also, a couple other things, and I'll end with softball, a question I'll take off the air. But, um, um, first of all, um, I, I saw I missed you in Starkville. I was there. I saw you. I had a chance to say hello. You were um, looked at pretty in depth with somebody else on the staff, and then like I chickened out. So. No, anytime you want to, just interrupt that. They, it cracks yeah. them up to think that people actually listen to me. So it would give yeah, them a yeah. kick uh, if you if you did. But I had a blast. Got to see many aspects you don't get to see on television, and. and Time. What what was it? Uh, we got time, Brian. What caught your eye? What was it that kind of really the, uh, stood out to you? How they jog up and uh, do those sprints um, in between, you know, during the game or during stoppages. You don't really see a whole lot of that on on television, um, and a lot of the stuff on the pregame uh, that you don't, you know, how very organized they are in their stations, and you know how they go from one thing to another. It is very, it's, uh, I think the term that could best be used, it is an incredibly well-oiled machine, right? I mean, everything they do, you know, Brent Venable says it, and I I, I know that it's something I've tried to live my life by. How you do anything is how you do everything. Everything. And and they, everything has a purpose and a meaning. Coach doesn't like wasted time. You know, some... Sometimes, Brian, you'll see teams that are sitting around watching other games. That's never going to be a thing for Oklahoma. So, yeah, I'm a, I, I'm glad you saw that stuff. It's stuff that matters to me, too. It was really, really cool. I had a good time. I actually ran into Kirsten Deal's parents afterwards at a custard shop uh, near the hotel. And uh, I had a good, good That's conversation cool. with them. And I just welcomed them to, to Oklahoma. That, uh, 
you know, we were stacked here, be patient, and uh, and they seemed like they knew what was going on. So uh, that was awesome. Um, uh, basketball, real quick. Do you want to do a fifty dollar bet on the? Your one-two prediction. For <laughs> okay. Yeah, Brian and I will have our one-two prediction bet. I, I said earlier in the NBA, last night's play-in game was the one-two seeds in the West in 23-24. So uh, you and I can throw that out there as, say, a $50 in uh, in grub kind of a bet. We'll put a large pizza on it. There you go. Sounds, sounds great. And uh, leading into, real quick, before softball again, um, uh uh oh! Into the into the. Yeah, by Dylan Brooks. Uh, you, you cut out. You cut out. What were you saying there. about Dylan Brooks? Yeah, uh, uh, he's gonna he's gonna show you what Pittsburgh's Golden State off and everything else. Um, they're gonna put they're gonna put the defensive clamp down on the Lakers. I think I they are think, too. Uh, I don't think enough people give them credit, even without Stephen Adams, which unfortunately won't be back. Which they desperately okay. need for Anthony Davis, I think. But you're right. We'll see if he can get yeah. going. All right, what what you got yeah, on softball yeah. for me, Brian? Before we okay. get out of here, it's just a. To get your thoughts, just a hypothetical here. Going down the stretch to get the best bats in, what do you say about moving Kenzie Hansen to first base, Haley Lee to catcher, and Alina Torres needs to play every day. Every day we need her bat in there. She's far better than the other option. That's from what I can tell. So, okay, let's go through this real quick. Sure. You're going to put Torres at DP and take her out of right field? No, she can uh, – well, yeah. Um, well, let me see. I didn't think that through, I guess, all the way. Um, well, no, okay. Here, here. Let, let me – and, Brian, I understand what you're saying. There is a rotation. Oklahoma has played more right fielders than any other position, and I think we were up to – seven different players that have started in right field this year. Right. So maybe right. the idea is, all right, let's 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 see if there's another batter. Maybe that's a place for Erickson. I, I could understand that. I think, honestly, yeah. I think Torres is on the verge of winning that right field job. I think she's on the verge yeah. of taking that away. So I think she, I don't think you have to make all those maneuvers to get well, her in the maybe, lineup. Maybe not that then. You're right. Um, then I would say move Nugent in. I feel okay. more confident in her hitting. Um it's just that, um, look, I love Eric's. It's going to be great. But I, it's to the point now where my confidence level is if you put it on a tee for her, and she'll pop out. Right. I mean, that's just, and, and that, that's just right now over the last few weeks. I keep thinking, same with Sanders. But ugh, they're not squaring up on the ball. And we just need batters to square up on the ball. Because yeah. scoring runs is going to be really important down the stretch, even with our pitching staff. Agreed. Because we're going to be facing a lot more better offensive teams that know our staff a lot better. Yeah, so, and they've seen them a anyway. lot. Brian, I appreciate the phone call. Yes, uh, I, I would say that you're going to – boy, I feel like I'm on – how many games have we played this year now, Josh? 35, 37. 37. I, uh, I feel like my, hey, here it comes, with Sid Sanders is – probably tiring on some people, but I still know that's in there. And I think that she has struggled quite a bit, but I think she's, you're starting to see the light there. Kinsey Hansen's going to be your starting catcher. Um, she's just that good. She, this is not a knock on Sophia Nugent or Haley Lee. Kinsey Hansen is infinitely better in all aspects of catching than anyone else on this roster. And 
gosh, Leah Wodek was a really good defensive catcher. Let's just say she's she's as athletic as any catcher we've seen since Jessica Schultz. If not, maybe – no, I'm not going to say anything more so. My point is she's you're good at catcher. I think the two positions that you're going to continue to see a rotation are first and right, and I think eventually Alina Torres is hitting the ball well. I think she's got a chance to lock down right field, and someone's got to step up at first. Maybe Sophia Nugent's the answer over there. I don't I don't think that you're magically going to see her shift there this late in the season, but – you know, coach is going to play who hits. And right now, you're struggling to get anything out of first base. I, I'll tell you what, I don't know if she's any good over there. I wouldn't mind seeing an experiment with Haley Lee at first. But to me, the only places I saw Haley Lee try were the outfield. And let's just say she's a really good DP. All right, let me get Mr. Sp- what are you trying to dig up on? I can help you with this. You no, know. It, it's unimportant. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. When you're feverishly scrolling through softball I know, game it makes notes. It makes you nervous, but right. don't worry about it. There's nothing to be concerned okay. about. All right, uh, Mr. Sports, put a wrap on this segment for us. What's going on, Mr. Sports? Mr. Plank. Mr. Sports. Now, I don't want you to feel bad one bit about paranoia flying. If, if you recall, one of the legends in the sports world, would never fly. John Madden. John Madden. Is that right? Where he went. Yeah, he never, never flew. Yeah, never flew. Took a bus everywhere he went. Of course, I don't know if you call those buses. I think they were more like homes on wheels. Yeah. But still, uh, you know, but it's uh, don't worry about it, Plank. You're all right, man. Just, just keep on. Uh, hey, I really enjoyed you guys' conversation earlier regarding the conferences and I or and the future of the conferences in football. And I, I, uh, hundred percent the, on all of it. The, the only thing that I might say is, is that before they went to possibly a 20 team conference, I think they would be gearing more to just your four or five superpower conferences of, say, 16 teams for TV money and all this other stuff. The thing I want to see, fellas, though, is is I want to see when they go to the 12-team playoff, which I know this is not going to happen, but I want to see them, if you're, if you're Liberty Union and you're ranked number 12 in the country at the end of the season, you should be in because that's going to give the smaller programs that from – Time to time, they have this flash in the pan, great teams like the Marshall team of, of old and stuff like right. that. Give them a chance. But really, they're going to end up just kind of taking up the scraps. Like you said, Plank, you know, the Liberty Bowls and stuff like this. And I'm not right. knocking the Liberty Bowls or any of those. Those are great. But your, your power teams are always going to be in your reputable bowls. Obviously, for the money and for the TV and for, you know, the money for the schools. But with that said, you know, I, I just want to leave you with this before I go. Your character will always continue to build by the last smile on your face. Fellas, you guys have a great weekend. I wonder if in time it really truly becomes – it truly becomes about getting the best teams. I still think it's about the best brands. You know, and, and and the best teams can be so fleeting. You're saying for conferences? Yeah. 
I feel like I, I, we're way late. I thought we took our 11.30 break. Let's break and let's touch on that Deal. next. I'm sorry. We're 13 minutes late for a break. It's Plank show right here on The Ref. Since we broke real quick, I, I just wanted to finalize that thought. Because what Mr. Sports was talking about, like the East Popcorn States that make runs, right, go 12-0, and 13-0, I wonder when we get into these conversations, like we're having now, right, between, hey, who's, who's third, who's fourth, those aren't going to stop with who's eighth, ninth, or tenth. I mean, will a, let's just say hypothetically, could a three-loss Bama team get in over an undefeated UTEP team? That's what I'm talking about, best teams Absolutely over best friends. And you're right. Now, that would be a scenario where there's also another undefeated sure. or one-loss group of five team that people think is really, really good. Okay, uh, let's send a couple of quick texts. 405-651-3439. Sooners, Friday, uh, no Friday game, Saturday, Sunday. Early starts, man. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the why behind the early starts. I don't think they have lights there. Might be part of it. And they're playing quite a few games. But we will play uh, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So Saturday morning, 10 a.m. against Oaktown. And that's Oakland. And then later that afternoon against Louisville. And then it's Miami of Ohio on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. So your start times are Saturday, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And then Sunday at 9 a.m. for the 614. I say in Gasol we trust, even if we might not understand the process, that being said, I doubt we see Hanson at first. I, I, I just said that. I don't think anyone's doubting the process by any stretch of the imagination. Um, here's one. Crimson 47 asks, can you flex first base? Have Erickson in defensively and Nugent hit for her? I Guys, I kind of think that – I think you've got to hit Jocelyn if she plays. I really do. But – Listen, a lot of it is determined by how you warm up. You know, a lot of it is determined by, okay, how did you how'd you look in warm-ups? How did you look with your swings? Did you look confident? Did you feel good? What's the matchups look like? What does the data show you? I'm fast. I'm always learning about it every single day. Um, here's one. How was the crowd at LSU the other night? Was it as hostile as Patty wanted? Bro, well, it was hostile. But it was a good hostile. I didn't think there was anything bad. Some people... Uh, thought I meant it was it wasn't bad it was just different <laughs> I mean no one was turning around talking gas or anything to you or the Sooners weren't treated poorly the people were great um, it was just it was different and they were really excited when they even touched the ball it's like hey foul ball you know um, oh and and by the way we talked about Oklahoma players and the transfer portal from earlier in the show, non-softball conversation when it got into the uh, Texas transfers, and someone's like, I don't want any Texas transfers. Brooke brings up a really good point. We did take an OSU kid, and he seems to be fitting in quite well. Just saying. If you can play football, I don't care where you came from. If you're going to add something positive baseball-wise, I don't care where you came from. And the 5808. Guys that don't want those Longhorns, they were probably on suicide watch when Vasek and Akuna flipped. That's a good point. Yep. Vasek and uh, Tassili Akana. Akana. Did I say Akuna? I'm in my baseball mindset. 
Are you sure it wasn't Ronald Acuna Jr. that flipped it from Oklahoma been. to yeah, Texas? Yeah, it could have been. Boy, I hey, was it kind of ever – was he ever committed, though? I don't think he was ever committed. Mm, I think no. he was just – I think he was crystal ball. Yeah. I think he was rival projected or whatever they, they give or whatever. Future cast. Future cast. All right, quick break. we got to wrap the show next. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the show. Final segment for us. Steelman is out at Cavens today, so he'll join you from Cavens Group here in moments. Uh, so, four texts on four topics we hit in four minutes. Here we go. 5808. Maybe it's been said, but the Thunder need a power forward alongside Chet. Toronto is set up for a fire sale rebuild. Miami might be also. Use some of that draft capital to go get Siakam or Bam in Miami. No doubt. Get it done. I would love Pascal Siakam. Love Pascal Siakam. Um, Eric in the OC. Remember, guys, U of A isn't in Phoenix. It's down in Tucson. Right. We understand that. But the one of the lures of Arizona and Arizona State is, is not getting Tempe in Tucson. It's the Phoenix. belief that you're getting that Phoenix market. Yep. Right. Uh, 918, got into a big conference conversation. Perhaps the Big 12 is trying to lure Oregon and Washington by bringing over some of the mid-tier Pac-12 schools. Yeah, that's, a, that's something that Josh has brought up quite a bit. I mean, I, I kind of think that if you wanted them, you could go flirt with them and get them. You don't need to go hang out with their buddy, but who knows? Maybe that is what they need to see. Well, if you take away any sort of financial stability from the Pac-12 forum, you've got them. You've got them by the you-know-what. And then that would maybe maybe set up something as a, I don't want to say a bidding war, but at least an interest war in Oregon and Washington. And would they be a team? Would they have to go somewhere in tandem? 405. If I'm the SEC, I welcome OU in Texas with week zero matchups at Alabama and Georgia. Let's go. <laughs> Love it. Let's get it. Let's oh, get it going. How'd I miss this? Zion is the new age Grant Hill. It's a good comparison. Huge money, but always gets hurt. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. <laughs> Have a great day.